Welcome everyone to the Adeline podcast, your gateway to the dynamic world of edge computing and beyond. I'm Jackie Lin, Vice President of Adeline's Edge Visualization Business Unit. And today, joining us is our subject matter expert in the industrial automation field, Mr. Irvan Ali, NVIDIA's Global Head of Edge Solution Sales. Irvan has a rich three decades career across Shilambajay, Cisco, and now with NVIDIA. Irvan has been a driving force in accelerating computing, AI, and edge technology. Today, we are diving deep into the core of edge solutions, here to exploring challenges, opportunity, and the future they hold. Irvan, it's fantastic to have you here today, and we are eagerly anticipating your valuable insights. Thank you for having me, Jackie. I'm happy to be here. All right, let us dive right in. So, Irvan, with AI and industrial automation converging, we can expect to see a significant industrial growth in the next few years. So in your point of view, how does the partnership of AI and industrial automation that can enhance the efficiently and, uh, and the safety? Yeah, thanks for asking, Jackie. Yeah, you're right. Industrial automation is growing and is going to be a $18 trillion business by the year 2030. So growing quite rapidly and, and, and becoming very large. You know, the main drivers will be industrial IoT, uh, digital twins, robotics, um, augmented reality and virtual reality, where an AI will be at the center of all of that. You know, uh, the currently there is a trend to add AI in factory floors to drive use cases like, you know, industrial inspection and or supply chain logistics, et cetera. Uh, but there's also an interest in AI with functional safety, which is combining AI with control systems uh, for use cases like worker safety and asset protection. Got it, Irvan. So we understand the importance of increasing the efficiency of the overall industrial equipment. So you have talked about functional safety. So tell us more. In your view, what's the importance of the functional safety in the industrial automation environment? Yeah, you know, we think of functional safety in three main areas. There's reactive safety, proactive safety, and predictive safety. You know, for reactive safety, that's the one that most people may be familiar with already. Uh, that's, uh, you know, most robotic arms and robots have embedded systems in them that um, in case of a robotic arm, for example, if it hits an obstruction during operation, the reactive safety functions within it will sh gracefully shut it down. So that's, you know, that's an understanding of that. Uh, on the other end, predictive safety is where you're taking all of the different sensor data back into a centralized location to do further analysis like predictive maintenance analysis or even creating a digital twin and simulating safety scenarios so that you can update your safety policy or posture uh, in the uh, manufacturing floor or industrial environment now what's new is what we call proactive safety uh, and proactive safety the way i would describe it is is more of perception uh, perception based safety where you have a sensor network, like a camera network or thermal sensors or other you know, uh, sensors that are out in the environment uh, that are monitoring the area. And if it detects a potential incident using AI, where you're doing some sensor fusion within that AI environment, that then it can 
it, it may either alert um, or send an e-stop message via the control system. So basically you're interfacing AI with the control system, enabling you to do certain actions. So um, in, uh, for example, if there's a, a large uh, materials being delivered in a particular area or moving in a different area in an area, and there's people that may be potentially entering that environment, you could proactively send a, a message uh, alert or notification or even an e-stop message, even before the reactive safety has detected that uh, potential danger. Got it. So, Irvan, so tell us more. How is this being managed today in the uh, industrial environments? Yeah, so th this use case, uh, to your point, is not new, right? It's being done today, uh, but it's pretty, pretty much done um, um, with, with, with people. Um, so in most uh, environments where you have a robotic arm or a conveyor belt and, and they notice that there is a emergency, uh, you know, the materials on a conveyor belt are piling up or they're falling off or they're not, you know, it's not operating uh, properly, then typically there is an emergency stop button or there's a, a way to, to slow down the machine, but that's all manually driven uh, or manually operated, let's say, uh, by, by a person. Uh, a person has to be involved in that. Um, and that what um, what that person does not have is that it does not have the visibility of the entire factory floor is is de dealing with that situation uh, as it comes. So, uh, you know, consider also that um, the way uh, in another case, um, you know, you're, you're familiar with large manufacturing floors where they have, you know, cages uh, in which they're protecting the or protecting people from getting in or getting injured where there's a large robotic arm. Uh, like in a in the case of a you know auto auto uh, manufacturing floor where there's many parts going through an environment and there's huge robotic arms operating on that this typically is some kind of cage that that prevents people from entering during the the time of operation so that's how people are handling it today but consider if you had a proactive uh, stance of that functional safety then you could uh, potentially not need uh, you potentially could uh, do the same function without the cost of, uh, you know, a manual intervention, people intervention. So you could actually, you know, put put your labor force in the more higher value areas versus monitoring a particular environment. That AI can do that very effectively. Plus, the AI would have perception across what's happening uh, across the entire factory floor uh, as an AI model. For example, um, the on the, the the example that I gave with the cages. If, if you were to implement a safety bubble, for example, AI-based, you know, monitoring that entire area so that no nobody can step into an area where there may be potential danger, you could potentially reclaim the real estate in that factory floor by not having the cage, you know, build out throughout the factory floor. You may be able to add one or two more production lines, as an example. Interesting. So, Irwan, so um, based on what you described, to help us understanding this even into the next level, could you share some instance or success stories where you have seen NVIDIA's technology have helped minimize industrial equipment downtime, especially uh, you know through this AI integration approach? Sure. Yeah, Jackie. Uh, uh, you know the one that, um, uh, example that comes to mind is, and I obviously can't share any customer names, but uh, there's if you imagine a large uh, you know canning or bottling company. Uh, that has uh, many different, you know, canning brands that are that, that is being uh, produced there. Uh, these cans uh, in the in these uh, environments, you know, are going by uh, at you know, these uh, 30 cans per minute 
through through this uh, assembly line. So then, you know, the what we want to detect, uh, what this customer wanted to detect was damage and imperfections on the cans. So as they go from, you know, that that canning mechanism onto being, you know, uh, packaged and uh, packaged to be delivered to the stores. But unfortunately, what happens is as they go through these conveyor belts, there's many different machines that 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 handle those cans, and those cans typically become scratched or damaged. Uh, so uh, clearly, the company does not want to sell a dented or damaged can and send that to the store, right, for their customers. So what happens is um, uh, without without a very intelligent system being able to pick these cans out in real time. Um, the you know they have to sort of destroy the entire batch because they don't know how many of those cans in that batch have been damaged because they saw one or two of them being damaged right so what they're trying to do with ai is to to really identify exactly which cans and or which you know series of cans are getting damaged right so that they don't have to destroy the entire batch they can actually just pick out those uh, specific ones and the reason why they need ai is because ai can can quickly adjust uh, between different can brands, different labels, they have different labels by season. Uh, so you don't, you you know the the you don't need a specific one for each can. The AI is intuitive enough and flexible enough to be able to accommodate multiple a uh, multiple uh, type of um, can covers and shapes and sizes. So that's why it's faster, uh, and they prefer AI. Understood. So so based on what you describe, I'm sure that the application in the amend environment and with some sort of machine vision technology implemented? Yeah, well, what you in that example that I just gave, um, in the unmanned machine vision is that um, the, the, yeah, they're in this instance, they're, they're relieving, you know, a lot of man, manual labor in, involved in that inspection. Uh, they're also doing cost savings based on being able to identify those cans more effectively. Uh, through AI and machine vision, so that there that is the how they would do it. Understood, and thank you for confirming that. Yeah. So, Irwan, so um, interesting story, by the way. So, do you have anything specifically around the worker safety or operator safety that you can share with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in all of those, we have many, many examples. Uh, for worker safety, uh, you know, if you consider the environment of an oil rig. Uh, as an example, right? So if you imagine you're out in the, uh, typically in a very remote area around an oil rig or even in the middle of the ocean, um, and they are uh, they are actually either drilling for holes or they're actually installing pipe or uh, recovering oil from the ground. You know, I remember that from my my days at Slumberger. Um, so the, typically, what happens in those environments is a lot of uh, a lot of people working around very heavy machinery. So what what we can do in that environment is similar to what I talked about earlier in the safety bubble. We can the AI models can look at those environments and be able to detect where people are standing, what at what you know machinery uh, where the machinery is located, and be able to control that it, is this person in the trajectory of a particular machinery or um, as they start the you know the the procedure like for example when they connect the two you know two um you know oil pipes together and then they you know, put put them down into the oil well there's this huge clamp that comes and starts rotating the uh the tire then uh, rotating the pipes uh and what happens is that 
a lot of there's a lot of injuries that happen in that instance. So if the AI model can detect that there's operators not standing in the right spot, don't have the hands in the right place, it will not even start the machine at that point. It will it will wait till uh, you know the proper safety uh, policies are followed, and then it can start. Understood. So Irvine, so this oil rig example that you just shared with us, is this a root-based approach or this is strictly an AI-based approach? Yeah, that's a great question because you know to, to your point, th there are rules that they have put in place uh, today. Like uh, there's you know policies, etc. Uh, there's also typically a person on that floor that is monitoring safety. There's a now again you have you have a person that has is going to have that responsibility. Or there are actually, you know, sensors that they have around the area, uh, like motion sensors or pressure sensors on the floor, where people, if they sense a person that's standing, then the machine doesn't turn on. Those are all what I consider rule-based systems. What 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 we're talking about is effectively not needing those those other K, K, uh, components because you know a fact uh, a pressure sensor uh, on a on an oil rig you can imagine that that the life of that is not very long right <laughs> they can they get damaged pretty quickly uh, motion sensors also the, that's another uh, element that you have to manage and maintain and provide maintenance for and then and then you have the added personnel needed for that what AI does is that it's a little bit more flexible and has more capabilities to be able to to be able to do that effectively uh, and and save the cost of having managing all all the, those other type of sensors by doing it from a perception based uh, computer vision standpoint, right? And that 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 actually allows you to do not only just that safety uh, use case, but because it's the infrastructure is there, you can do many more. Are they wearing the right equipment? Are they uh, do they have the right PPE involved based on, you know, is there sulfuric gas that may be coming out of the well? So there's many other things that AI can do uh, to augment uh, the, the investments than the existing mechanisms that are available today. Wow. OK, great. So so thank you again, Irvine. Um, you know, for sharing all this invaluable insight and, and your expertise does show a lot of the uh, um, what AI can help and enable this industrial automation environment applications. Truly inspiring stories. I really see a lot of impact from the AI uh, industrial automation operations. Well, to wrap up, uh, I just want to know, Irvine, we thank you for your participation. We have learned a lot from you. And this has been an eye-opening journey uh, into the convergence of AI and industrial automation. I wanted the audience to stay tuned for more upcoming engaging discussion. And uh, we'll talk about the future of the technologies. And thank you, everyone. And Irvine, uh, especially for you, thank you so much once again. And let's stay in touch. Thank you, Jackie. Bye now.